You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. I was a teenager in 1966. Only Claire has the exact age in the notes. I've decided to leave that out. Uh, you, can, you can decide which end of my teenage years I was. In 1966, when somebody who I admired, I think almost loved, made a statement which really shocked me. It, was, it just shattered my confidence in this person considerably. And if you were in that era, if you can remember 1966, and if you were a teenager, you are probably one step ahead of me. The person concerned was John Lennon, the front man of the Beatles. And I love the Beatles, and I still love the Beatles. And I play Beatles all the time, and they're going to keep me company on the long drive to Adelaide, uh, along with a few other well-chosen artists. Uh, I have virtually all of their music somewhere on CD. It's okay, we're travelling in separate cars. Bev won't be in my car, so she's well protected. Um, I don't know what you were listening to, but I'll be, I'll be listening to Sergeant Pepper somewhere out there on the uh, Western Plains. And of course, you recall, and if you don't know this, it's probably going to shock you, but on March the 4th, 1966, in an interview, John Lennon said, the Beatles are bigger than Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's laughing. Exactly. The exact quote was this. We're more popular than Jesus now. I don't know which will go, as in finish. I don't know which will go first, rock and roll or Christianity. Now, I don't know if John was on drugs at that time, by the way. He could have been. He was in pretty bad shape at that time. Look, in reality, it was a a foolish comment and one which was probably intended by John Lennon just to stir things up. Uh, Well, it certainly did. But whichever way you look at it, it was a crazy comment. I mean, in t- even in terms of the crowds they were, they were getting and the devotion they were experiencing from zealous fans. Popular, yes. But to have the audacity to compare the group with Jesus and his global following, which is one third of the, of the world's population, probably even more in those days, who give some sort of allegiance to the Christian faith, it, it was just over the top, way over the top for a lot of people, myself included. The fact is, as an historical figure, Jesus Christ is peerless. There is nobody who even comes close. He is incomparable. And those who've tried to claim superiority above him have been sadly misguided and found to be totally delusional. The Beatles broke up three years later after that infamous comment. In 1980, Tragically, John Lennon was cut down by an assassin's bullet outside his home in New York. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, he has, he's yet to experience a bodily resurrection. Uh, that hasn't happened as far as I know. Unlike Jesus, the only person to ever return from the grave in a permanent, physical, eternal way. Yes, Jesus Christ is the pivotal person of history. He's the one we celebrate every week. Everything revolves around him. And friends, in the first century, when the Christian movement was starting to spread across the the then known world at a rapid rate, Paul, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, he penned these words to the Christians meeting in a city called Colossae. These were turbulent times. The religious scene, the religious scene was very volatile with many groups claiming to have exclusive rights to the truth. And against this backdrop, Paul writes these words, he, Christ, is the head of his body, the church. 
He's the source of the body's life. The firstborn son who was raised from death in order that he might have the first place in all things. Get your head around that in the midst of religious turbulence and pluralism. You want a single verse of scripture that powerfully and succinctly summarises the essential components of the person and the nature of Jesus Christ. You've got it in that verse right there. That's a, that's a powerful verse. And friends, this affirmation was to be the basis of life in local churches at that time. And it's been the basis of life in every church since. Well, at least those churches where there's a sense of purpose and mission. Those churches where the spirit of Christ is alive and well. That's where this verse has been the centrepiece of life and witness. And you know, Northside's always tried to be. Northside has always endeavoured to be a church like that. Hasn't it? That's what brought us into being. We've always tried to be a church like that. In case you missed it, it's all about Jesus. In case you missed it, it's really all about Jesus. He's the one in whom we live and move and have our very being. Jesus Christ, well, he's the one who mediates between us and God, our Heavenly Father. That's the first thing. Of course, friends, that's what makes him so incomparable. That's what makes Jesus Christ so incomparable. Um, Christians believe he is the one and only means of salvation. He's the one who provides a bridge between fallen humanity and a holy God. Do you read verses? Do you get verses 19 and 20 of the reading this morning? Look at this. For it was by God's own decision that the Son has in himself the full nature of God, the incarnation. Through the Son then, God decided to bring the whole universe back to himself. God made peace through his Son's blood on the cross and so brought back to himself all things, both on earth and in heaven. That's, that's pretty clear, isn't it? That's really clear. The message, the message I've declared over the years in my ministry is basically this. Take heart. There's good news. There is hope. Get excited, everyone. You don't need to live in permanent estrangement from God, our Heavenly Father. There's a way back. And the way back is through Jesus Christ. Just accept God's gift and you'll experience everything. All the rich treasures of knowing God and knowing Jesus as your personal Saviour. And once you're assured of that, once you've got that belief firmly in your heart, you're never the same again. Like you're just never the same again. And Paul reinforces this message of Christ as mediator in his words to the young, his young prodigy, Timothy. Uh, he was urging him to keep the main thing, the main thing. Listen to what he says in 1 Timothy 2.5. There is one God and there is one who brings God and humankind, mankind together. The man Christ Jesus, who gave himself to redeem all mankind. Friends, this is the message with which we as the church of Jesus Christ, are entrusted. It's a message of love. It's a message of hope. It's a message of forgiveness. It's a message of grace. It's a message of renewal. It's the best message in the world. It's fantastic. We've been entrusted with it. What a privilege. Jesus is the one who mediates between us and our Heavenly Father. And Jesus is the one who motivates us in our mission. Yeah, just like Jake and Elwood, we really are on a mission from God. Just like the Blues Brothers, you know, we really are on a mission. Look, possibly one of the saddest things, and I've seen this over the years, one of the saddest things that can happen in the life of a church is when that church loses its external focus. 
when, when it loses its awareness that it is called to serve. It is called to reach out. It is called, for goodness sake, to go into all the world, literally. Among the lasting memories I will take from my 16 years of ministry here are the memories that relate to our mission to the community and our mission to the wider nation and, praise God, to overseas. Uh, when I first got here, our first project was to help buy an ambulance for a, a hospital in Ashwood, in, uh, in Doan, in India. Some of you old-timers remember that. We raised quite a lot of, many thousands of dollars to buy that ambulance. It's very appropriate that the Blairs are here today because I have a, a lasting memory of this auditorium being filled with people and we're praying over the members of the, of the Uganda team, the mission team, which was led by Edwina. And there's a, a huge kitchen complex in Kampala today that has a plaque on it that says this was built by Northside Community Church. I think, I think we raised $100,000, I think, for it all for that. Unbelievable. And memories are coming back of, you know, the, 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 the Hope Street walks and getting involved when Annie was there and with Harvey and, and Ronnie and different ones who've served there at, at, at Hope Street. And, and, and the Heart of Glebe, the barbecues down there, had the privilege of going to some of those and, and praying and sending forth our, our mission team to Vanuatu under the leadership of Andrew Sellen, who's uh, uh, banging away on one of the guitars up here this morning. What a, what a day that was. Our involvement at the Crow's Nest Fair, which was year after year, all those helium balloons. Uh, we'd probably still be there if the uh, organisers didn't make it so tough for churches to be a presence there. It's now more of a wine and food festival. And so, uh, you know, there weren't too many churches up there, a bit expensive and hard to get the spots, whatever. Um, praying over our various teams to Madagascar and the emotion of those experiences as those teams have gone under the leadership of, of Sarah and of, of Rachel Kearns. Uh, all the work that's been done through our women's ministry to, uh, to some of the uh, shelters in this area, the women's shelters. Uh, recently, the Bathurst Group up here celebrating their great achievements and the link that we're forging with that church up there. And, and of course, there's the various missional initiatives which we conduct in an ongoing way, like divorce care and grief share and the marriage course, uh, the outreach events that the women's ministry have, the, the money raised by the women of Northside. Friends, these are some of the great memories I'll take away with me. As you know, I've urged us to see everything we do as part of our mission. I've urged us to see everything we do as part of our mandate to be a proactive, service-oriented body of believers. That's what we are. And of course, Northside's impact on the community extends way beyond the things we organise the things that we put together extends way beyond. It includes those of you who serve in voluntary capacities in our community, those of you on school boards, those of you who get involved with various charity groups and, 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 uh, and, and, and community organisations, those of you who've been on the front line of various protests that have taken place within in your community. It includes those of you who've served overseas independently of Northside. Well, independently in one sense, but in, a very, in, a, in another way, very much co-joined with us because in so many cases you've been motivated and inspired to do these things by the service culture you've experienced at Northside and because of the Jesus in whose name we serve. So you, you add up all those sort of expressions of Christian service and, man, you've got a pretty influential group right here. It's powerful. It's, it's awesome to think of the impact that Northside has had, is having on the world. Yes, he's the one who mediates. 
He's the one who motivates. And Jesus Christ is the one who activates our faith and our compassion. And friends, I'm using these two terms, faith and compassion, in the context of life within the family, life within the, within the fellowship. To become the church we are, we've had to exercise a lot of faith and we've had to show a lot of compassion. We really have. We've had to, show, we've had to exercise a lot of faith. A lot of faith has been required because we've just had a lot of challenges put before us. A lot of challenges. Not only the challenges associated with the, with the construction of this beautiful ministry centre, conference centre complex, but the personal challenges some of you have had to face and are facing now. I mean, health issues, grief, loss, heartache, every human emotion imaginable I have encountered here during my 16 years, which is a powerful reminder that being a Christian is not exemption from the harsh realities of life. And through all these turbulent times, our faith has been activated. It's been put into action. We've said to the Lord, we don't know where this is going. We don't know how this is going to work out. We don't have any answers here at this point, Lord, but we trust that you do. And one day you will show up and we trust in that belief and you'll either get us through miraculously and we'll praise you for that or you'll give us the strength to cope with the reality in which we find ourselves, which may not change. But you'll be there for us. In that reality. And friends, on this topic, can I just say I'm so proud to be part of a church that exercises spiritual maturity in these issues. Like to the point where this church has been prepared to move beyond simplistic, superficial, trite answers to some of the really heavy questions of life. Uh, That makes me feel so proud. We're a church which by faith is prepared to face the fact that some problems just cannot be solved. But by God's grace and in his strength, they can be managed. We're prepared to confront the truth that in the light of the inevitability of trials and testing, the life of faith is not about praying for an easy life. It's about praying to be a strong person. A strong pilgrim person, a person with the promise, the promise of Romans 8 deeply etched in their soul and in their inner being that nothing can separate us from the love of God in, which we find in Christ Jesus. And we're a church that's been prepared to, to say what Patricia has reminded us of so eloquently on a front page cover today. When you can't see the hand of God, trust the heart of God. This takes faith. And we're a church. I've just been proud to stand in your ranks knowing that this is how we see these things. And it's been part of our attraction. People like the reality. They like the authenticity. And in activating our compassion, well, God has made us a close, caring, supportive church family through compassion that has attracted a lot of people and, let's remember, sent a lot of people. Sent a lot of people around Australia and to different parts of the world with a new awareness, a fresh awareness of what it takes to make a, an inclusive, caring, supportive body of Christ. That's been the story that's come back to us. Jesus mediates. That's the gospel. Jesus motivates. He's the driving force. Jesus activates. He's the source of our power and strength through the Holy Spirit. And finally, it'd be interesting if any of those of you who've worked with me over all these years, could you guess the last word? You know, you know my, my, 
my love of alliteration and rhyme. I wonder who could guess the last word. Well, I'm not going to give you a chance. He's the one who liberates. Already up there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> liberates us to dream and create visions. Good speaker knows it's all about timing. Um, okay. <laughs> this, this, this is part of being a Christian. This is the part of being a Christian I love most. This is the part of being a Christian I love the most. Because, you see, we're destined to be dreamers and visionaries. That's, that's who we are as part of God's family. That is our destiny as sons and daughters of the living God. Look, friends, for as long as I can remember, even back as a little boy in short pants, I can recall being inspired by the legendary characters of the Bible. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Elijah, Esther, Nehemiah, Peter, Paul, Jesus himself. These guys and women have been such a source of inspiration to me. And what is it that they all have in common? What is it they all have in common? Among other things, they all responded in their own way to a God-inspired vision. You think about it. They all responded one way or another to a God-inspired vision. They all took risks in pursuit of a dream to make a difference. And, and I, little God, wow. Whoa. And it was in part that, that that was in part the inspiration for me to become a, a minister, to become a preacher, to, to realize that you know you, you can you can develop dreams and visions of what's possible in the life of the Church of Jesus Christ. It took a while for me to be really liberated in this area, and it was 1983 when I went to to the Crystal Cathedral with Dr. Schiller for a leadership institute, and and, and his words will, will ring in my ears forever. He said, "God wants you to succeed." He wants you to dream dreams. Up until then, I think kind of it would be, Graham, mate, settle down. It's just the church. you know. Settle down. I, I didn't want to settle down. I wanted to dream big dreams. And so Dr. Schiller gave me, and that, that whole experience, Bev was with me in 1983, we, we, it just gave me a whole new sense of freedom to just dream and, and to see things. And to help by God's grace to those things to become realities. That, that was a huge part of my calling. You see, friends, visionary leadership, visionary leadership brings out the best in people. You know that. It brings out the best, particularly in the qualities of determination and perseverance. We couldn't have a final address without a reference to Hebrews 12, could we? Uh, what, what does the writer say? As for us, we have this large crowd of witnesses around us, all the guys I mentioned and so many more. So then, let us rid ourselves of everything that gets in the way and of the sin which holds onto us so tightly and let us run with determination the race that lies before us. Let us keep our eyes fixed on fabulous worship, exciting fellowship, slick programming, great coffee. No. It says, let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. You know, I, um, I'm so glad that in my preparation for this final message, God led me to think about something that once happened with Dr. Schuller. Because look, despite the, the sadness that's happened over there with that ministry, uh, the reality is in the early days of my ministry, he was a powerful impact on my life and on the shape of my ministry. And I was thinking about it this week and I remember an incident and this really, this, this kind of sums it up. An incident where Dr. Schuller said that in the early days of the drive-in 
ministry, he managed to get the great Norman Vincent Peale to come as a guest speaker at the drive-in. Norman Vincent Peale had released the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. It was being read by millions of people around the world. He was the number one ministry personality on the, on the planet. And he came from, from Marble Collegiate Church in New York to speak in California on this particular morning. And Dr. Schiller said he was so proud, he was so excited, so excited that he left the guy's CV, the biographical introduction, he left it in his office. And being in a drive-in, they couldn't sort of just race over to the office and get it. That was downtown in Anaheim. And so Dr. Schiller winged it. He kind of winged it. And he came up with, a, with an alternative introduction. And he put on a little card, which I've done this morning. Whoa, hang on. Just to... Um, just to get it into context, it would have been a card like this. And Dr. Schiller said this, ladies and gentlemen, our very special guest today is a household name, not only in the USA, but around the world. His words have inspired millions. His acts of love and kindness have benefited countless numbers of people the world over. He has a powerful message for us right here, right now, today. His name is Jesus Christ. And to introduce him all the way from New York is Reverend Norman Vincent Peale. Please give him a warm welcome. <laughs> I mean, fantastic, you know. And I got to thinking, you know, friends, like that's, that's, that's kind of how, you know, I, I, I like to think my ministry will be remembered. You know, um, whether you're a long-term member or a first-time guest, you know, this is all about Jesus Christ. And to tell us about him is grand magnum. You know? But the focus is on Jesus. Friends, it's always been about Jesus. In case you've missed it, it's always been about Jesus. It always will be for Graham Agnew. And I really hope and pray for Northside Community Church. Really hope and pray that. Let's bow and pray, shall we?